0: The magic number yes,
1: it is. it's the magic number what does it all mean? hello and welcome to the final Flint off Savage and the Bing Pong guy which is me Matthew side for this show we have decided to tackle yet more meaty topics do team building trips really work? Who would you invite over for dinner and why does sport matter? As always, a huge thank you to everyone who's gone in touch over the entire series using the hashtag FredSavSide. But before we get into the first topic, guys, the last show of what has been an epic run.
2: Uh, Can't believe it. Uh, Just one of the best things I've done in my life. And basically because... In your life? Yeah, in terms of media. In terms of media, I would say, Uh, yeah, because people actually start liking me. And I can't believe it. Honestly, the, the adulation and people coming up to you all the time saying, love the podcast, working with great people, you know, all the bathroom staff, Matthew. First time I've met Matthew, great. You, <laughs> okay. you, you, mm, times, you, yeah, yeah, you. you. Um, it's a lot of love. Um, uh, no, seriously, seriously, it has been absolutely... The, I get up on a Monday morning thinking, oh, yeah, great, I've got the podcast today. Mondays
0: have been good, haven't they? Brilliant.
1: Fabulous! Yeah. I, I've really looked forward. To it. I didn't know what to expect at all. Fred, we had met
0: a few times. Yeah. Got on well. Rob didn't know much about you except well, I was right, right, I get, Do you know when you said you, you've alluded to it a little bit before, and you said you was a bit worried about doing it? I remember sat in a coffee shop at the gym with Robbie and John O, the big boss, when they saying, "What would you want to do?" Talk about it. Yeah. your name was mentioned if <laughs> and it was if you'd do it. <laughs> but what was you expecting? Because we met a little bit. Yeah. What were you expecting when you met Robbie Savage? So I, what were your initial thoughts? I, so when John phone, I was in a cab. He
1: mentioned the concept, talking about wasn't sport. Robbie's mate, was it? We pick you up anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he said, "Hey, Matthew, what are you there? I got a friend down from <laughs> Um so when he mentioned your name, I thought, yeah, brilliant. And then Robbie. I think and Robbie Savage, what I associate with him is a belligerent, slightly gobby person. What does belligerent mean to say? Aggressive.
0: Right. You're focusing on the wrong word there. You, you <laughs> just said gobby and you focused on belligerent. But let me give, let some, me lo- back. give, give us some love back to Robbie because... I think
1: we've become pretty good friends over the course of the podcast. I like you hugely. Um, I think you're an amazing person, not just on the show. I mean, okay, this isn't going to be a love-in. This isn't going to be... For people listening, this is not going to be an entire love-in. But you, you have been brilliant away from the show, phoning up, coming up with topics, and working with an amazing backroom staff, Stan and, and Mike, the producer, who is a genius. And it's worked so well. I've enjoyed it. You know, you mentioned people come up to you and say, so I was at a bar on, on uh, Saturday night and the amount of people who came over and mentioned the podcast. So I think it has been fantastic. And and Fred, you've been immense too, mate.
0: But that, that's been um, amazing, the amount of people who've come up and spoken about the podcast. Mm. I, I never expected that. And I, I must admit, I, I don't usually do this, but I found myself Myself, looking at the charts, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I really—it's just completely not the sort of thing I'd expect myself to do. Yeah, checking that we're number one in sport, <laughs> and then you look at all categories and you see we've held the position. Yeah, and number one. I'm, one. I'm expecting it to drop off a cliff. But you I know must what? admit, I've been expecting it we'll be hundreds. <laughs> can, <laughs> can I say? We stayed up there, so thanks uh, everyone. Uh,
2: thank I, you. Can I say, have you retweeted any adulation? One
0: person from the podcast? No, <laughs> still no. I, I might have. I, I retweeted one thing, which I, I can't remember what it was, but I found it quite funny, but it wasn't actual adulation. It was about you, <laughs> and I can't remember what it was. So, I, I think it was adulation towards you. So for the for the final
2: podcast, will you retweet one person yes. from the podcast? Break the habit of a life. Do you, know, of it, do you know
0: I'll what be. I'll do? Do you know what I'll do? Yeah. Because I, I don't agree with it, and for people who don't know, I, I just can't get my head around retweeting on Twitter when you get a bit of compliments. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's all we do, isn't it? That's do, yeah. It's pretty equivalent of walking down yeah. the street saying, Look at me, how good uh, I am. Yeah. But what I will do, yeah. I will retweet the sickliest. Tweet, tweet we get about the series. OK. A real gusher. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Topic number one.
1: This has been sent in by George Dunn. After England trained with the Marines, mm. George wants to know, do team-building trips actually work? What have our experiences? What have been the ups and the downs? Fred, what's your take on this?
0: Pointless. <laughs> Absolutely Pointless. You don't think that you get to know each other better, that you develop certain characteristics? What that by can help? being shoved under some water by an army man? Why? Why do you? Have, Have, you, been been it? Have you been on? Have you been on any? Yeah, I've been on them. Complete waste of time. It's time I'll never get back. <laughs> right, these team building exercises. You're part of a team. You're playing sport. You're doing the one thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. I went on one. First one. I went was to the Lake Districts. It was December. It was cold. <laughs> I, um, I got pulled into the office early doors for not taking it seriously. I was watching people. <laughs> who, who was the coach? Um, The coach was Phil Neal, because mm-hmm. I was with the under-19s, who yep. then went through the England stuff with me. Yeah, And I can't even remember who the coach was. That's how good it was. But you got dragged in. You weren't... Phil Neal pulled me in the office because I wasn't buying into it. Mm-hmm. We was pushing people through pieces of string between trees. <laughs> I I I can't I can't remember as a kid growing up watching the television thinking, you know what I'd wanna do when I get older? I wanna play cricket, but above all, I wanna push people through pieces of string and cheese. <laughs> we had this other one where me and Rob Key, right, what you had was you, you you was on a harness and you had to trust your mates to pull you up mm-hmm. and then meanwhile you were putting beer crates under your feet to see how high you can get. Yep. So it's a trust exercise. i uh-huh. will be honest, I didn't trust half the tea. <laughs> And being oystered up on beer crates didn't make me trust them anymore. So, me, <laughs> what me and Keezy Big did. Big crane for you, that was. Oh, yeah. One. Me, and Keezy, me and Keezy started running a book. Yeah, <laughs> well, but on then, who would get the most Yeah, price. but then we started match fixing and kicking crates and pulling <laughs> ropes. So, we got dragged in the office for not taking it seriously. So, what, what was the. Call, which uh, was that when you are under 19 again? Under 19s. And then I went on one. I was having. um. I was having a shocker with, with Lanks. I was in the second team, and I needed to get my career back on track. So I asked to go on the academy with the young kids uh-huh. when I was 23. But before that, they had a team building exercise at Sandhurst. Yeah, Do you know the, the captains, military base, yeah. Where they turned the captains. So me and Keezy we're, we're, were there. And half of it was we're going out first thing in the morning. We're doing manoeuvres. Yeah. We're staying out overnight with a survival ration pack, and then we're coming back the following day. Uh-huh. So, me and Keezy, we've got these rations. I said, Rob, this is not enough. We can't can't survive 48 hours on this. I'll nip to Sainsbury's. So, so I I nip to Sainsbury's, right? I bought big bags of crisp and M&M's and I'm stuffing them in my bag. And We get out on manoeuvres and I've been given a group of people. I'm I'm a team leader. So, I've got Keezy, I think Army might have been there, Stephen Kirby... A couple of others, and we got these heavy bags that the military carry. And they're heavy, yeah. then. They're, yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah. they're heavy. I'm not signed up for this. I'm not, I am not. I carry my own cricket bag, but I don't need this. So we set off, and the grounds of sand dust are sandhurst and massive. Yep. We got old kit on, we're in camouflage, and we're walking through. And I've got to look at the map. And I've realised that we've got to go, we walk about 20 miles in a uh-huh. circle. Uh-huh. And we've got to stop off at different checkpoints to do team building yep. exercises. Mm-hmm. So I've said to the lads I'm looking after, I said, lads, I've looked at the map. We're going in a big circle. I don't know about you, but these bags are really heavy. Let's just stash them, right? Stash them in this bracken here, and we'll get them later in the day. <laughs> all right? So I said, take the crisp out and the M&M's, though. So, <laughs> so we're, we're walking through Sandhurst on a jolly. right? What I didn't know was all the trainee captains, they've been out all week, and the wet food are starving. Yeah. And then we're walking through, whistling, eating M&M's <laughs> off and round, and saying, we can't because we'll fail. So we carry on. We get to the first checkpoint, mm-hmm. and there's these oil drums and pieces of wood where you've got to balance them and walk on them. So I'm leading the group. Lads, come on, checkpoint's here. Let's go over. And I walk to the checkpoint, and this uh, this military man, I don't know if he was a sergeant or a captain, he, he looks at me, he looks me up and down, he says, where is your bag? Ooh. I said, I, I just, I tell you what, mate, what I've done is I've, um, I've stashed them. I've taken an executive decision. They're heavy, we're walking around all day. We don't particularly need them, so yeah. we've stashed them in the bracket. Yeah. He says, The military, that is the most important part of your equipment for a soldier. <laughs> I said, Mate, I'm not a soldier. I'm not a soldier. I'm just here for a yeah. couple of days. And he started shouting at me again. And I said, you know what? I didn't expect this. (laughs) So at this point, he's right in my face. He's shouting and screaming. And he's spitting all over me. (laughs) And I'm just saying, yeah, I'm using my initiative. Surely Um, you're going to help me out for this? And he said, no. Next minute, he makes some call on a radio. Two dummies turn up on stretchers, 100 kilogram dummies. I had to carry these around now for two days. He's like, hang on a minute. So we, we did all this. Team
1: Could, building. What would have happened if you would have said to him, "We're just going to leave the dummies here"? Then they'd have got the England management and they It all kicked
0: up. But you know the, the one thing about it was, right? We did all this, and I was rubbish at it because I've got no interest yeah. in any team building exercise. Yep. I, I get to know people, but not by carrying dummies or pieces of string and cheese. Yeah. The people who were best at doing that, as soon as it hit the fan on the cricket pitch, yeah. went hiding, disappeared. Yep. But mm-hmm. they're good at string. String challenges. Rob <laughs> Key had had him next to me all the time. Steve yeah. armerson every day of the week. Yeah. I never forget Stephen Kirby, though. I love him to bits. He didn't carry this dummy all day. And then we got to end... And then they're all waiting all army and all oh, um, you know, <laughs> managers. He <laughs> grabbed one end of it, started running. Uh, Come on, lads, let's push it through. Come on, push it through. Oh, yeah, it's off. You no, know, I think
1: what it is, I think these teams now have such big budgets that they think, oh, we need to spend something. And if we win, I can point back to this visionary idea that we sent people to Sandhurst. In actual fact, what is it gonna do to the competitive edge when you're on a cricket field? Absolutely nothing. Have you had any experience?
2: Oh, the team building see with cricket, obviously they tour a lot, so they'll be away for months at time together as a group yeah. but in football obviously you will not be together for a large period of time unless it's a trip away mm-hmm. and I just think just from my own personal experience and teams I've played for the team building trips away were basically uh, a chance for professional athletes to get hammered yeah. <laughs> sim- sim- simple yeah. as that you yeah. know that, and to get hammered uh, and I wasn't a big drinker never mm-hmm. have been so for me you know whether it was Dubai, whether it was, um, you know, Mallorca, Marbella. La Manga. La Manga was the mm-hmm. one when we went with Lesser City um, and it was Stan Collymore with a fire extinguisher. Do you remember? Oh, cool. It was in all the papers. when Went to La Manga, team building trip. Martin Neal stayed at home because he didn't like going away with the, with the team. Mm-hmm. John Robertson took us with Steve Walford. Anyway, the lads were hammered on the plane, hammered on the plane. Mm-hmm. Get to the hotel, beautiful hotel. Um, one of the no, no, I think it was Rosenberg was staying there. All very professional. We get in at an English football side, you know, all the lads were hammered. It was yeah. embarrassing, really. really? You look back now, embarrassing. I continued on, went out that night. Even more drink was involved. Yeah. Get back to the piano bar and mm-hmm. Stan, you know, and 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 I, I like Stan. Um, you know, he got got a fine extinguisher, let it <sighs> off, sprayed the whole room. People, no. thought, yeah, people. It's in the. It was all made national headlines in the newspapers. You know, it was the foam. Everybody, all dicky balls, were dancing, all covered in foam. We got sent home, and basically, it was it was drink fueled. Yeah. You know, so for me, team building. Why,
1: why, why? are the football managers thinking that the best way for the players to bond is to go to a party
2: town? Is that is that just the tradition in football? We've never done anything of the kind that Freddie's no, done. I th- yeah, with Nigel Clough took us to um to uh, Plymouth or Cornwall or somewhere of that part of the world. Are they in the same area? <laughs> You yeah. know, they need yeah. each other. Don't they? Yeah. Um, um, it was um cliff jumping. So basically cliff jumping. And to be fair, that was the that was good because that was a fear. Yeah. You know, that was a fear. Um not a great swimmer. Cliff jumping. Yeah. So we go onto the top of a cliff, which I get, it. I, I, I get, I get
0: the concept though. <laughs> I get it's pretty self explanatory. <laughs> cliff jumping. Yeah. But uh, but they went up in stages. Yeah. So X
2: amount of metres, I can't remember what it was, ten yeah. metres. 20 meters, and as captain, I had to go first, and everyone. And uh-huh. I, I got to say, I was, I was, I was petrified. Yeah, you know, but I'd done it, and then everybody followed, and, and that I got a did sense help? of, yeah, it helped me, helped me personally because I felt a sense of achievement. But the worst thing, I how, used, how did it help your football career? Well, but it basically, it a, you would say, <laughs>
0: <It's> the playing <point laughs> at <of> altitude, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I never got on yeah, top of a hill. Uh, yeah, oh, it's cracking yeah. it. But
2: but it was it was good because at the time. It's helped me sense uh, have a sense of achievement doing something. So I think, I suppose, as a footballer, in a moment where things aren't going well, did it help? Not really. But it was just good to get away with a group of lads where drink wasn't the main thing. It seems to be bigger in cricket, doesn't it? I'm
1: reading about this one... Four days before the England team were due to fly to Australia for a three-month tour in 2013, (laughs) they're desperate to go home, have a few days with the family, preserve their strength for the rigours of the tour. They go to Stoke on an SAS-style team-building mission. They had to sit down in a classroom and figure out how to use walkie-talkies. They're given instructions in the art of covert surveillance. Why? And then they've, yeah. got, to, they've got to stop this guy from committing a crime. So at 5am one morning, Stuart Broad and Ben Stokes are in a back alley staking out a terrace house, but they don't know how to use a phonetic alphabet over the walkie-talkies. So he says, Broad says, Team Blackhawk down. Alpha Bravo, Potato Onion Samosa, 5'9", Golf Course Mike, team hotel over. The next day they've got an eavesdrop on a chap in a pub on the edge of Stoke. This is Stokes, Boyd, Rankin, Pryor, Cook and Peterson sitting in an old-fashioned boozer. Jonathan Trott is outside keeping an eye on the possible getaway. What happens? He gets surrounded by a crowd of people asking for autographs and he misses the whole thing. So they have this days. What of is that complete, about? Yeah, meaningless uh, of meaningless activity. Well. Get
0: it Nets? Go on, it's go few. Exactly. Go on, ball. But go and why the infatuation few. in cricket? I don't I don't like
1: it. Don't ask me. So wait, imagine you're a coach, Fred. You, yeah. We talked last week about how you are um, mentoring your boys who are very, very good at cricket. And I think from what you were saying, you'd be a brilliant coach. If you were trying to create a sense of team cohesion, you're running the England team or you're running the Lancashire team, would it just be practice in the nets or would you do anything a bit out of the ordinary to get them to bond in a more successful way?
0: I think it's a dangerous thing when you try and get people to bond because you're not all going to get on and, you know, I'm doing a covert mission with Kevin (laughs) Peterson. You know, (laughs) what's that about? Or Jonathan Trott on a (laughs) walkie-talkie. Oh, man, heck. Do I, yeah, I wasn't, do Fred. That, what? Uh, curfews. Curfews pointless. So why, the I mean, look.
2: I've been on team bonding trips <laughs> where the the manager will set a curfew, and curfews are there to be broken, yep. especially when drinks involved. Mm-hmm. I've seen people going through windows. No, I've, I've, seen, that, yeah. I've seen people, you know...
0: Um... I got the wrong room at the hotel as well. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> dived through an open window and there's a fellow in bed. No. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Promise no, you. Not one of your teammates? I don't know. No, he's about 70. <laughs> no! <laughs> I dived, it was in Taunton. No way. We, we'd come in, England under-19s. <laughs> there was me, Alex Morris, um, who else? Gareth Batty, yeah. who's still playing, and Antti McGrath. I don't know why he'd gone home early from the nightclub. So he said, we got no key. He said, I'll leave the window open. So what we did <laughs> what we did was, we went to hotel reception, already and on the roundabout at Taunton, uh-huh. and all the managers are still in the bar. They're mm-hmm. having a drink. So mm-hmm. we thought, we can't go through the bar. So we went to the petrol station down the road to mm-hmm. have a regroup, get a packet of watsits. So while we're thinking, <laughs> we think, right, what we do? And then we saw this window, which Mag said he'd keep open. So we thought, we'll go through the window. But instead of like going through the window, <laughs> just... Carefully. Oh, no, we ran at it. Alex Morris has dived through <laughs> dived through on the top of Alex Morris and then bats his halfway through. And this fella, bless him, jumps out of bed. And he was like, oh, that's what? not Mags, is it? <laughs> it looked like you. Yeah. So we, we jumped out and then, then we decided we're going to go up the fire exit. So we managed, we're banging on the windows to get the fire exit open. We're playing against South Africa. Mark Boucher, who yep. played for South Africa, he was under 19. He's let us in, gone to bed. As we're walking through, alarms have gone off. So security have now because come together. No so, so we got rumbled anyway. Yes, yeah, so I, so I think curfews are the worst
2: thing because, you know, they're there to be broken, yeah. and, and you know, you you go against the rules. I've had managers waiting reception, counting people in, knowing that they're late. You know, I've had, and the worst thing is that, listen, everybody I've been involved in, the, the majority are professional people. But when you go on these trips, whether it's pre-season or whatever, and the manager gives you a night out, and you break the curfew. Hmm. The, the, the last thing you want is the next day in training, lads to be drunk. And I've had a few who have been drunk in training and been sent in. Really? You know, and, and then that <laughs> spoils it for everybody. <laughs> what <do> you mean? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. I spoilt yeah. it for a few. <laughs> but it, it does. So the team bonding trips. So let me for let me. me it's, just a, it's just a, a, for a group of lads to go away and to have a drink. Yeah, That's I, what I think it is.
1: I mean, would wouldn't you say that? management does have a role to play in trying to create an environment where people want to work for each other and play for each other. I mean, I'm imagining you, Robbie, running the Welsh football team or you, Fred, running the England cricket team. I'm not thinking that closely about Robbie running the Welsh football team. What would you do? You wouldn't have a curfew, but you don't want, as management, the players to be hung
0: over when they come in. How would you yeah. ensure that they were doing the right do, thing? Do, do you know If, you, if you're a footballer, or you're a cricketer, right? Yeah. I presume that all the way through your childhood, your life, Mm -hmm. has been building up to do this. This is the one thing that you are so excited about doing. Mm -hmm. This is the one thing that you've worked for all your career. So when you get there, I think you mentioned a second ago, it's down to the coach to create an environment where everybody wants to be involved in with a common goal, which is winning and being successful. Mm -hmm. By going to Sandhurst or going to Lake District and swimming in Windermere, you're passing the book. You're not doing your job. Hmm. It should be an environment which you've created anywhere. There should be nothing more satisfying that brings you together more than the sport in which you're doing. So like Fumble
1: was able to do oh, that. Amazing. You felt it. Yeah. He
0: didn't get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. But because everybody wanted to play for him and everyone respected him, mm-hmm. they got involved. I, we, we went on one with Lank's um, to Oakham Brook. You know, we did the Krypton Factor Assault course. Mm-hmm. We went to do the Krypton Factor Assault course. It turned out to be fun. It was, yep. a, it was quite a fun day out. We didn't get much of it, but it was fun. But I turned up late. <laughs> I'm not very good at them. So I've turned up late. I had a Porsche boxer. I turned up with roof down. <laughs> it was cloudy. Well, to be
2: fair, we, the, I felt, si- the size yeah.
0: of you, you'd have to have the roof down in a poor monster. I, I felt a bit rough. I've been out the night before, so I've, I've rocked up. All the lads are ready to go off on a run before they do the assault course. I've turned up, got Smooth FM, burning out, roof down. The army <laughs> lads aren't having it. So I've got out, I've shut the door, just left the car in the middle of the car park, said, just give us a second, lads, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> to which point, he just come down to me like a ton of bricks. Instead of doing what we were going to do, mm-hmm. We did probably three or four times more, so all the lads were like not happy. Yeah, but I, I just I don't I don't get it. I, I yeah. don't get why they're going on covert missions. I I I as I as just I said, can't like, buy into don't it. Don't you
1: think they want to seem imaginative and actually getting people to play better at cricket or football? That's quite a difficult thing to do. Whereas you go away and say, oh, I've taken them to the army, to the SAS. We've given them cliff jumping, where you go up a cliff and you jump off. Is that <laughs> it? <laughs> um, it sounds kind of innovative, doesn't it? But actually, it's a distraction
0: from what they should be look, doing. One of the things which I like, I, I really do, and I don't, I don't know what it's like in football because it's a different sport and players move clubs, but if someone needs to motivate themselves mm-hmm. or needs motivation, I don't want them in my team. Yeah, Go away. That's that's the motto the SAS yeah. use as well. If you mean motivating, you're, you're not right for what we're doing. But I, I really like being surrounded by former players. Mm-hmm. I, I like to listen to their stories. Yep. I like... Feeling part... Former cricketers rather than ex-rowers. Oh, whoa, don't even get me. I've, I've been there on a team-building exercise at Leander Club. Did you? Yeah, pulling a stick. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Did pulling it, a what? Pulling a stick. Did, <laughs> rowing. Did, did it have happened was there, was then?
1: Was that in England? England, uh, team yeah.
0: I got I got so drunk the night as well. Oh, I, I could still I could still, I could the still do it. it next morning. <laughs> hey, I didn't get knighted. <laughs> right? But I can't even remember what I was saying. What was it about? about it? A, I think I interrupted. Yeah, you I, thought... I, I, I like listen. Do you know when you? Yeah, to me, there's true. nothing better for a yeah. Lancashire lads to yeah. sit around and yeah. have dinner with all the great yeah. ex-Lancashire players, yeah. and they all talk about what yeah. it means to them and how much the club means, Absolutely. and they talk about Brilliant. their experience. I agree with you. England, were bad at doing it, but Andrew Strauss has brought it in. They had an England player. I didn't go, actually. I couldn't go, but they had an England former player's dinner. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's so better than going to Leander Club and doing a bit of rowing but or climbing it. a tree. Or... That's what I'd I would do I, now. You I, know, if I was a not agree. I, I, yeah. I a... Do you know what, Freddie? That it's so
1: powerful because it's not just you hear somebody who's achieved great things and you can draw personal lessons from them, but the, the fact that they played in the same team in the england team historically it makes you realize that the pride and the honour of being a part of that dynamic i think that has so many different dimensions to it and a responsibility I mean, as well exactly and i, mean, I think we're all, that, all but that, trans,
0: that transcends yeah Whatever you think about someone, yeah. it doesn't matter if I like you or I don't like you. What we're doing is bigger than that. Yes. And then when we walk out on a field, we've got one common goal. Yeah. We don't have to be mates. Mm-hmm. I don't want to push you up a tree. I don't mm-hmm. want to go and have a pint with you. I mm-hmm. don't want to have dinner with you. Mm-hmm. But when you're out on that pitch, I will do anything for you. Yeah. That's what you need to create. R- Robbie, when it comes to international football,
1: I mean, am I right in thinking the team dynamics are really important? There's a real honour to representing your country unless you get the call well, uh, during, during the close was... season. But Mark Hughes, was, was he good at building that team dynamic?
2: Brilliant. But as I said in previous podcasts, you know, it was like for the first three or four days, it was like a stag do. You'd, you'd yeah. rush to get there. The drinking mentality was there. If you didn't drink, you didn't feel part of it. You know, but I remember Mark Hughes said a great, um a great statement once. We were playing a, a game, an important game, and... As before, when the lads would meet up and have a drink, there was this huge, huge game. I remember he pulled the captain, Gary Speed, and then Gary Speed um, told the lads, and he said, Sparky said, and Sparky was Mark Hugh, said, mm-hmm. Speedo asked him, could the lads go out? So he said, listen, you've got a huge game coming up. I know, I know you'll do the right thing. So basically, mm-hmm. that was the words the manager used. So yep. then in your head, you're thinking, I know what the right thing to do is, mm-hmm. you know. Some of the lads still went out, but I'm led to believe, but most didn't. Mm. So the right thing to do was not to go out. Yeah. So you know, managers are always playing games here, always testing your psychology.
1: Going back to what Fred was saying, the fact that he was a, a Welsh hero himself, he played for the. Culture. I never
2: wanted to let him down. To so whatever he said, I'd have yeah. done. Yeah. Do I you mean because he was my hero, as we as we spoke about?
1: I think that the All Blacks do it really, really well. They they take the shirt and they want to leave it in a better place because yeah. they see that they're responsibility for playing for this team. There's national pride bound up with it. They know about they the history. They embrace the culture as well. They do. And that's, that's such a powerful thing that builds team cohesion. I, I think that is a much more powerful thing than these arbitrary, superficial team-building exercises that sound good but
0: actually don't do much. Well, I, m- I remember when the Aussies went to Galapuri, Yeah, And they yeah. went there and whether you want to call it a team-building exercise, but you got the sense that when they went there, they realised or reaffirmed what playing for Australia and what they're representing mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know what, if we go there, me and you are going to get on better. I, yeah. I I don't subscribe to that. We went to Eap in Belgium and we went round and we saw the ceremony, we saw the graves and we saw all the English soldiers who we were given. And there's a life experience yeah. and a national pride yes. that was far greater than, yeah. I didn't get on with any of the lads any better. Yeah, sure. I actually honestly, you, I got on with them worse because I slept in one morning and missed a bit and nobody got me <laughs> up.
2: So I was seething,
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I yeah. think from that point of view. But come on, don't tell me I, I swam at Windermere for one of them, and I won <laughs> because I was cold. It was nothing to do with trying to not let my teammates. Yeah. And it was freezing. It was December. Yeah, well, I think. Oh, give me uh, a break. I, I oh, think we got I, a
1: conclusion I, I, here. Team building exercise is a complete waste of time. So
0: to motivational quotes, same bracket for me. Yeah, that, point dead right. right. a successful novelist, a body. The bottom of the staircase. Beyond reasonable doubt. The new podcast phenomenon from BBC Five Live. Download and subscribe now.
1: Uh, Topic number two. Now, this was inspired uh, by Stephen Powell, who, who came in on Twitter. You're hosting a dinner party for yourself and three guests, which three people would you invite? But Robbie, I understand you've got a twist on this. You got a twist?
2: Yeah, so I was thinking about this, Matthew. So basically, we've got a party, dinner party, and there's us three, and we can invite three people. we got a table of 12, like that, my maths, right? Us three and th- three each is nine. Right. nine oh, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> right. So, so basically, <laughs> yeah. So what we've got to do: three people. Was Matt kick... one of the seven GCSEs? Um, yes, it was a B. Yeah. Um, so basically, the three people <laughs> you can invite, you can either like all of them, you can dislike all of them, you can like some and not others. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 uh, so you can choose people you want to be there, and others like a dinner party from hell. Are you going to kick us off? Who won? Yeah. So, but what we've got to do is Matthew. So I'm going to ask you who your first is. But what and then you've got to ask Fred. Fred asks me. Yeah, and we go around like that. Okay. But what you've got to do, you've got to impersonate the person. Oh.
0: You can't tell us who it is. Oh. You can't tell us who it is. So
2: so, you, so, 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 got so to Matthew, guess.
0: Matthew does it in the voice. Of the person. And then introducing himself yeah. to who I'm gonna be. Yeah. And then I'll introduce who I am and you can Yeah. yeah. So, but but you can not can't right say there.
2: the person's name. So you've got to try and do it as your best you Matthew, I'll be hopeless. Fred'll be yeah. quite good, I think. So you've got. So you. Do, do I do it in their character, or do I have to be yeah. them? Be them of their voice okay. and their character, but you can't t- t- say as who you are. So your first guest, Matthew, at our dinner party to end. <laughs> They're Thanks, the, the thanks for, the let, for the letting me hey, know. Thanks There's for letting me on know, Rob. Ready? 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 Guys, don't mention <laughs> the. That's <As> Matthew saying. <laughs> He's coming himself. Don't mention
1: the war. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Yes. John Cleese. Really? Yeah. Oh. Why John Cleese then? Right, so the, the background to this, I, I um
0: love It wasn't it what, wasn't your impression. <laughs> It was when he said, "Don't mention the war." Yeah, exactly. I don't. I. I don't know if you realise you're on radio because your hands were going what, 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 and his that? legs were kicking. off. what you I was trying to get the character. I'm going to perform CPR.
1: <laughs> so you know, John Cleese, what I he's do. done is, as Faulty a comic. towers Faulty Towers, Monty Python, Life on? of Brian, um, oh, Life of Brian's um, favourite life...
0: all-time film. So,
1: so I think one of the most important cultural influences, somebody I have loved, I can recite Faulty Towers almost often, by heart, and I've always wanted to meet him. <laughs> always wanted to meet him. So I'm in a cafe in Chelsea, near where he happens to live. Uh, called mm-hmm. called. Uh, yeah, you, look, you, you two, go, did you,
0: you too. Do you go anywhere where they charge yeah. less than a thousand pounds a square foot? Yeah. Where are you from? Well, originally yeah. Reading. You forgot that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it was Royal Ascot last week with your friends. This week he's in Chelsea with John Cleese. I mean, heck. Well, I
1: mean, he was, well. So he was on the next table. And you know when you're in the vicinity of your all-time hero, a lot of people maybe would have a couple of drinks and think, I'm going to go and introduce myself. I didn't want to ruin his evening by going over and saying, I really like Faulty Towers. He must get that all the okay. time. So I resisted the temptation, got home, and my wife said, why didn't you just go over and introduce yourself? You've always wanted to meet him. Then, about six months later, me and my wife on holiday at a hotel in Bath. Is is that all right?
0: No, it's posh. Okay. Is it hotel divan? <laughs> no. Is it a spa?
1: It was. Yeah. There you go. It's a very small hotel. John. Boutique. Cleese, a, a boutique hotel. It's not cheap if John Cleese is in there. He's there with his wife? And it, and it's like a, a restaurant. There's only about five tables in Are you, there. Sure you sure you wasn't stalking him? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I was doing. Um, and so we're with him for like four days. Again, didn't say a word to him, and then. I'm doing this Radio 4 documentary series, as I've mentioned probably a couple of hundred times already on the podcast. And I thought there was an opportunity to meet him because I thought he could make a contribution to it. So I get in touch and he says, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Go through my agent. We, we, we'll do it. And then I said, would it be OK perhaps to go for dinner after? He said, yes. And this is a few weeks ago. I've got to tell you, they say don't meet your heroes. Three hours, we talked about faulty Towers, we talked about Python, we talked about Life of Brian. He was bright, he was very funny. Do you know the one, most wonderful thing of all? He was so kind and generous with, with, with his spirits. Just the two of us sat in this restaurant. He asked about me, about my life, about my family. It was. Did you sp- mention the podcast? I mentioned the podcast, um, which he hadn't listened to, unfortunately. <laughs> He'd never heard of you. Really? Which surprised me. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> right yeah.
2: Why are you pointing a filly?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Pardon me. laughs> but it was it was just incredible. I told him stuff about me that I don't think I told. So yeah, you know, we talked last week about friendships. Yeah. You know, we've been a lot of email touch since, I'm open. He wow. will become a good That's friend. That's your first guest. That's my first.
0: John Clues. So
1: Matthew now. So who are you going to invite, Fred? It's a pleasure to meet you, John.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Robbie Savage. Elvis Presley? Yes. Elvis, Elvis Presley. Presley. That was Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah, like, do you know? He, I thought Obama. that for yeah. a moment. Do it again.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic quiff, Robbie. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> that was his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Presley. I love Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Presley. Why, go on, why? Um, he started off, I left school. I'd signed for Wancashire when I was 16. I was going to play the following year, but I didn't get paid all winter. Yeah. I wanted to go to Australia and play cricket, but my mum went let me, she said you're too young. Yeah. So I got a job behind a record counter at Woolworths in Preston. Elvis's Essential Collection came out and I was hooked. Yeah. Couldn't stop listening to it. Oh, it's, it's, it's cool as well. So yeah. come on, Robbie, who's
2: your guest? Yeah. So my first guest is Nicky Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky Clark. Gail Platt. Uh, Gail, Gail Platt. An Afghan hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs>
0: Anybody
2: else? <laughs> <laughs> my first guess. So I'm going to talk to you, Matthew. Show, <laughs> so, Matthew. I just can't say my S's. It's double all <laughs> <old seven. laughs>
0: What can you not do? His accent, or just hear S's.
2: Hires. Hey, much money, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean Connery. No, innit? I knew, I knew it as soon as. No, yeah. oh, what you saying? I just wanted to please you, you, you. So James Bond. Yeah. So James Bond. Um, because oh. I love, I love James Bond. And what James Bond is it? Reminds, James Bond or Connery himself? So I just could only do James Bond. Uh-huh. I could only do uh-huh. Sean ahead, Connery. Do, do
0: Timothy
1: Dalton?
2: I, <laughs> I can't, can't. That is not easy. Can't. Um, Lazenby. Can't. I just to do Sean Connery. Roger well, Moore. Can't. Can't, but I just didn't do Sean. Was he a good song? I thought he? it was all right. It was all right. Oh, just because James Bond, because what James Bond reminds me of, yep. believe it or not, is Christmas. Because James Bond... That's but,
0: Santa, Rob. That's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you do get mixed up, don't you? That's him with a white beard and a red suit. James Bond, <laughs> yeah. he wears a suit, but he drives an Aston Martin, yes. not, a, not a sleigh. <laughs> James Bond, because
2: three o'clock, you'd have the Queen's speech on, and then, but every Christmas growing up, a James Bond film would be on in the yeah. afternoon, yeah. and all, and all the family <laughs> and all the family would get round the TV. Who was, who's your favourite ever Bond? Because there's been a lot of Roger Moore and Sean Connery. Those two are brilliant. I like, I, agree, I like Daniel Craig as well, yeah. but Roger Moore. I don't get Bond. Oh, it's brilliant, James. You're Bond. not into Bond. No, like, really? never
0: have been. You could be the next James Bond. Yeah, Northern Bond. You could yeah. be. I'll tell you what. Hello, Greg. Miss Money, Penny. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll a <buy> pint of lager. <laughs> I don't shake it. <laughs> so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. get it because. Oh,
1: it's brilliant. I love it. It's James like Bond. the epitome of British cool. It's brilliant. Isn't it? the, is, he, is he cool? He's an old yeah, man. Yeah,
0: he's cool. He's an old man who's got no particular skills. It's but cool. I,
1: I watched some of the old ones, and I think brilliant. Daniel Craig's moved the character on, though, hasn't he? A grittier Bond. Mm. I so, think it's brilliant.
2: So James Bond. Okay. So. Your, so, so, so my second
1: dinner party guest... You've got to try and put an axe on. OK. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Robbie. It's lovely to be here, but we are not amused. My Said. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. And it's lovely to be here... Margaret dur- Thatcher. ...during my reign as... The Queen. The Queen. No. Queen. That's better. Mine was rubbish. <laughs> I didn't. I would have practiced if I'd known that this was kind of that part. the queen. It was a poor attempt at the queen. But just think about how interesting she would be mm. as a guest. This person who has been the monarch during the uh, the prime ministership of Winston Churchill and Eden, and all the way through to Thatcher and Major, has been part of the establishment and who has been the head of state, and yet we know so little about who she is, her life, what she thinks about the world. She's lived this extraordinary life of duty and honour. What does she think about having been born into that role and having to discharge those duties, about the ironies of being famous, about having... I mean, I think she's an extraordinary woman. I think it would be absolutely incredible to get to know what she really thinks about the world. The Queen. Fred. Fred. Me? Me?
2: Um, Knock, knock, knock. Guest number two.
0: Hello. Hello. I'm Sachin (laughs) Tendulkar. Hello, Robbie. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Elvis. That's Sachin (laughs) Tendulkar. Sachin (laughs) Tendulkar. Yeah. Growing up, only people I was ever, ever excited about were cricketers. Yeah. Cricketers and... I used to watch on the TV, I love Viv Richards and these yeah. guys, but then Sachin's probably three or four years older than me. I've said it before, I was playing Lancashire under 13s, he was playing international cricket. Yeah. Never did I think at that age I would share a cricket field with him, mm-hmm. I would bowl at him, I would get him out. Mm-hmm. I would talk to him, no matter how briefly. And this dinner party for me is a chance to get to know Sachin, to take our relationship to the next level. So far, I'm like a tongue-tied teenager. Really? Where when I see him, do you know when you're in a nightclub as a kid and you see a girl and you want to talk to her and you've got nothing to say to him and you go Robbie, over? Robbie knows what that's oh, like. Two pairs of not, trousers. You, not you, got laid twice in the Olympic Park. <laughs> hey. wow. uh. So, yeah, so Sachin, I get a chance to talk to him. Yeah. All, all the things that you could ask him, obviously about cricket, about what it feels like to go out there, a billion people, the pressures... Yeah. The notoriety, yeah. everything. So Sachin Tendulkar. Fred,
1: you said that you have met lots of famous cricketers and you've met lots of famous people. This is one of the people you're actually in awe of. You find yeah. it quite difficult to be yourself because yeah. of the adulation. I don't know what to say to him. Really?
0: Yeah, I, I really, I really don't. And there's so many people I've met and I'm just not that bothered. Yeah. Mm. And have you, have, I find ever... it easier talking, sitting next to the Queen at this dinner party wow. than I was Sachin. That's really interesting. Did Did you ever get him out? Yeah. How many times? A few. Did you? Yeah, I got him out on 99 once. He didn't hit it. I felt really bad. <laughs>
2: we were talking about this. <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday, yeah. <laughs> saying that you had success against him. Was it with the bounce, the high ball, the bouncer?
0: Was yeah, it? I, I used to go at him quite hard because he, Indians historically play on low, slow pitches, uh-huh. and they play the spin well. It's the complete opposite to what we play. Right. So I used to go at him hard and had some success against him. Tried to intimidate him, which is, sounds really bizarre, but yeah tell you, this is a dinner party and a half. Cleese, so we got Elvis so far? Presley. So we got John Cleese. James, James Bond. Elvis Presley. Sean
2: Connery. James Bond. Sean Connery, but James Bond. Yep. The, the Queen. And now Sachin Tendulkar. Wow. I'm going to follow up with this guy.
0: That's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> right. Hang on, look,
2: I've got it. Ramsey Nesbitt. Yes, I've, I've got, he's got the accent right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to do that bit better, son. You've got to do that bit better. And you got to play the ball, listen. Eh,
1: Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yes, that is. Hang yeah. on, it morphed from a Scottish accent to a Yorkshire accent. Yeah. Was, yeah. I got that, got that. Yeah. I got the football bit. Yeah, yes, yeah, so Alex Ferguson. Do you know why? I'll tell you what. I, I agree with you on the choice of Ferguson. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> from, from my
2: own personal point of view is, and what a great tale we've got already, because I wasn't good enough to play for Manchester United and the reason I had was because there were better players than me there at the time, as a center forward, Paul Scholes, Mark Hughes, Brian uh, McLeod. At the time, they were better. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and you where? Got to, well, and well
0: where? you got to remember yeah. that... This dinner party now is just taking a turn for the worse. Why? Because he's going to be there, oh, Mr Alex yeah, Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's just going to be listening to Matthew <laughs> asking Alex, yeah. oh, well, he's a great look, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I'll tell you like, uh, uh. Oh, that's good. That's better yeah. than mine, friend. <laughs> that's
2: a brilliant But book. And I'd like to know what he thought about his... Pro- how was his process of yeah. recognising that he wasn't good enough and it was a right decision for me, of course it was. Mm. But then now, what I'd like to say now is... If, if I, what did he think of my career in terms of... Hang on, you're not going to ask him about how
1: he created the most successful English team in the history of the sport. You're, that. you're yes. going to ask but him we know why they let you go. But
2: we know that, but from my own personal point of view, it's my, you know, it's my guest. Closure, so I, bit of closure. I, closure, yeah. a closure saying, when I played against his size, did he think I would have achieved what I achieved in terms of playing mm-hmm. 350 Premier League games? And yeah. What was the process of him letting me go? Yeah. So And looking over my 20-year career... Was there ever part of him would have thought, do you know what, maybe, maybe, just, I don't think it would have been, but it would have been great to know, wouldn't it? And it was
1: interesting that in the team talk, at least he wouldn't have to stay long, would he?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just popping in, it's a no, Robbie, thanks for for having us.
2: (laughs) So that that actually happened. So basically, have I told the story about the shirt, David Beckham shirt? No. So basically, play for Birmingham <laughs> play for Birmingham against against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Said to Bex, because I wasn't one for collecting shirts, uh-huh. and I've got a few really nice ones. So I said to Bex, Bex, after the game, do you know, man, if I have a shirt, he said, yeah, but ask Albert the kit man. Yeah. So I Albert, went to ask Morgan. Yeah. I Kitman, yeah so I went to ask Albert, and he said, you better ask the boss. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, wow. Do you, know what you mean this is Sir Alex Ferguson? He let me go. Man United won the game. So anyway, the chain room Old Trafford. The way dressing room as you come out the door to the left, about five yards, was the, the boss's room. Yep. so I built the courage up to knock on his door. So, listen, on, God's truth, knock on his tooth, knock the door. He opened the door and he went, Hi, Robert. Who's has got me, Robert. Mm-hmm. And I went, Hi, Alex. I said, Um, um David said I can have a shirt, so out. but they've said to come and ask you, Do you mind if I have David's shirt? He went, No, that was it.
0: What, no, you don't mind or no, you don't have it. I went,
2: No. And shut the door.
1: In other words, no, you can't have it. He said
2: no. I well, just shut the d- said no. I went, oh, right, oh, oh, thanks. And just turned around, what? And the door was shut. Interesting, Rob. Yeah. But you didn't have were... party then? Because I want to know. So obviously you about... don't like you. Well, to me, it's just
1: a It's interesting. So so you really felt quite nervous and intimidated yeah. knocking on the door of Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson. He has that aura, does he, amongst football?
2: Of course, of course. Sir Alex Ferguson the most successful manager uh, with it probably Brian Clough, who I held up there with Sir Alex, but it was just like, wow, I built all this courage to ask for a shirt and it was no, that was it, simple as that. And then I lived next door to him for six months and never seen him once. What? Lived next door to him for Did six you? months when I first moved to what? Manchester. Did you? Yeah, Who next door, that? never seen him once, never seen him. And I suppose about the drive of the guy, when I left my yeah, house, he aged, was always up early. He had gone, and when I got back, he wasn't there. He was, I am um, the work ethic. That guy, what, what? You know, the guy is a legend, obviously. But I'd love him at the dinner party.
0: I am. Um, I'd like him at dinner party as well because I'd like to have a little chat with him. Mm-hmm. I really would because the last time I saw him, I really embarrassed myself. I <laughs> oh, would well, had a few too many, uh-huh. and it was at a function where we mentioned the other week we called Montgomery, and Sir Alex was there, mm-hmm. and. Even though I'm not a United fan, I'm not massively into football. This is Sir Alex Ferguson, someone who, as a sportsman, you have so much respect for, mm-hmm. and you don't want him thinking you're a knobhead. <laughs> so I would like to have a chat with Sir Alex and say, "Look, that wasn't really what I mine like. <laughs> Yeah, I really would. Yeah, really.
1: Yeah, oh, there you really. You would. Cool. So we got great. Script- Let's thing on Sir Alex. You, you played at United for quite a while. Yeah, but I never played as a youth as a youth player. Did Did you ever? Get to know him. Did you
2: feel that you knew him as mm. as a human being at all? Not really. No, mm. not really. It was Eric Harrison. You know, fantastic. What a coach! What a coach! He what was. A coach. It was Eric Harrison more. Um, so no, I never really got to know Sir Alex. But you know, I wish, I wish I I, I could have Matthew. So so far we've got. Who were you first, John Cleese? John Cleese and the Queen. Elvis. Elvis and Sachin. Sachin James Bond and Sir Alex. Matthew, your third one. Let this, let Fred. Let Fred. Let Let's let this one go a bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. They've got tomorrow. doing the voice of the person. Up. Um. I, I don't I can't I can't do it. Well, keep singing. He, 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 okay. Ooh, singing. He, yeah. It's it's I am struggling. Um. Really? Uh, Come on. Thank you. <laughs>
0: How do I do it? How do I do Paul McCartney? Oh, oh. you've ruined it now, haven't you? Oh. Um,
1: I don't even know what a Liverpool accent sounds like. I'm trying to think. Out would go. Yeah, calm down,
0: calm down. I would like to come in for. You reckon Paul McCartney? <laughs> oh, I that? can't do it. <laughs> like, you, is this is this Paul reason? You've just done <laughs> Paul McCartney as oh, Harry no. Enfield from The Scousers. Calm down, Lee, Calm down. The <laughs> do do don't it o Paul. The do do don't it o eh? Bummy <laughs> <me> neck. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Calm down, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> calm down. Oh, How many times God. have you heard Paul McCartney? <laughs> Talk about stereotyping people. <laughs> Your next one's probably going to nick a few wheels off some cars. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> calm down, calm down, Paul McCartney. Oh, all the songs he's sung, all the music he's written, I so the, the person you want at a dinner partner, you hold in such high esteem, the one thing you come out with is, calm down, calm down. <laughs> so, bloody, why Paul well, McCartney? Okay. Sir, because, Paul McCartney. Yeah, Sir Paul McCartney. Sir Paul
1: McCartney. The reason is because I think he came from a tough background, working-class background, and through drive, initiative, brilliant teamwork with John Lennon, I think he changed the world. The Beatles, the way that they changed the, the nature of the 1960s, the brilliant albums he put together with Wings, some of his solo career. I also think he's interesting because that first marriage to Linda, apparently they didn't spend one night apart. Yeah. Such a solid, brilliant relationship. I'd love to find out about what, motivated him about the songs that he thinks were the best what it was like to be in the spotlight in that extraordinarily transformative era the relationship with John but also with George who was a brilliant songwriter I think he's very close still to Ringo I'd love just to know all about that I'd love to get to and I I I do respect him a lot as a human being too
2: Andrew although
1: I tell you what that accent is just embarrassing
2: Uh, yeah it was Andrew your third and final guest
0: I have come to have an intellectual conversation <laughs> with Robbie Savage. <laughs> OK, so the professor. The professor, Stephen Hawkins. Might be a long dude, but I reckon... <laughs> I reckon. Imagine having the opportunity to pick yeah. his brains for a yeah. while.
1: You know. I mean, what an extraordinary man to have gone through what he went through, thought he was going to die months later, and he's created some of the most complex and enriching phys- physics theories in the history of the world. How,
0: but you've actually met Professor Hawking, yeah? But I've drunk, drunk tequila with him. But did you know one thing about Stephen Hawkins is is that I, I I don't know how you go about this. I, I don't know. Obviously, he's got all his philosophies on the yep. sky and all that. But I, I'm more interested in. Just normal stuff. Yeah. What he thinks about normal things. What yeah. he thinks about the way in which the country's in, or way in politics, yeah. or world events. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not really bothered what he thinks about some stars. I can't. Yeah. Sort of, I can't out with them. You're not what worried about the black holes and things like well, that. Well, why would you be? Yeah. But yeah, I think Stephen Hawkins. I I, I don't know what I'd say to him. Fair I don't much. know what he would say either. Do you know? I think that's the nicest thing about Stephen Hawkins. Yeah. Is we're. My other one's Elvis. Mm -hmm. I know what I'd say to him. Mm -hmm. We'd talk about music, we'd have a sing-song, you'd get the guitar out, we'd all wear a jumpsuit. (laughs) And then you've you've got Sachin Tendulkar, which will all be cricket. But Stephen Hawkins, I've got no idea. Mm. I have literally no idea. Great point, this public figure. We don't know much about his
1: politics and and what he thinks about the world rather than what he thinks about the galaxies.
0: Because we get all these people, don't we, who have forced opinions, who've not even got an ounce of brains he has. I'd love to have a chat with him. Brilliant last one so my
2: last one I, I don't i can't do the accent because well what you could oh. do the others but he's, he's english but he just like you accent then well uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit controversial because i don't know if it's controversial but we'll just do it and the we'll re- tell you. the reason why i love this person is right so good morning britain <laughs> 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 what was that what? good morning britain Oh, coming up today, we've got this. <laughs> That's
0: horrendous, isn't it? You know who it is? No, keep going. Good morning,
2: Britain. Susanna, Susanna, what have we got coming today? Susanna, Susanna. Ben Shepard. No. <laughs>
0: um, you know it is, guys, No, don't I, don't, I don't know. Um, Dan Walker. I'll tell
2: you what, I'll, I'll tell you what. Arsenal, Arsenal, then out. Then out. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
0: where's
2: Piers Morgan? Oh, it? Piers Morgan. Piers was it, was Morgan, Piers Morgan Do you know why? So we've got we've got a great football manager, we've got football people, we've got sports, we've yep. got singers, we've got actors, mm-hmm. we've got the Queen. Piers Morgan, you imagine him at that dinner table... The, what he would get out of people. And for me, because I see a person on on Twitter who gets so much negativity, mm. but he believes in what he does. He believes in what he says. He sticks to his guns. And I've texted Piers on a couple of occasions saying, you know, thanks for for um, helping me out. I've asked him for advice because his the negativity he gets, but he just gets stronger. It makes him stronger as Good a point. person. And I just love to get into the mindset of somebody like that who is, who's been through a lot downs and he's, mm-hmm. now he's got lots of ups. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So for know, me, Piers Morgan.
1: I think, it's, I think it's an interesting choice because that thing about being um, widely castigated in the way that he has been... I mean, take Alistair Campbell. We were talking about abuse on the social media. We've been really delighted to actually get some love and affection on social mm. media too, so it's not all bad. But Alistair Campbell it is very abusive, but he said he's never blocked anyone. And he, he reads it, he wants to know what people are thinking... And it does make him stronger, so long as he feels that he is okay with the decisions that he's made. I think Piers Morgan is the same. I've got to admit, I, I don't think I'm strong enough to constantly look at abuse. I'd find that very difficult. But yeah.
0: Piers, uh, you know him well, Freddie. Um,
1: Are I you just... friends with him,
0: Fred? Yeah, I, I am. I wouldn't have him round, though. You wouldn't? No. Why? <laughs> no, do, do you know why? Because. because... <laughs> he would start a fight with everyone. No, be He'd be, be a bit overpowering, to be honest. It'd be brilliant. It'd be, at be the overpowering. Table. Would he not be brilliant
1: at the table? Oh, he'd ask the right questions, wouldn't he? Oh. He would. Do you know, I mentioned Cleese earlier, and I had the most wonderful three hours of, you know, three of the most wonderful hours of my life with them, with, with him. Um, can you pick somebody that you've met, spent a bit of time getting to know, and you thought, you know what, that was just so uplifting? That was something. I'm so glad that I've, I've oh, done. Oh, p-
2: uh, man, was Piers? Was it? It, what, I know people sound straight out because we are you we trying to tra- get on Good Morning no. Britain or what? have you, got, <laughs> well, you <laughs> no. got a book coming out? We can right? talk about Is this for the second series we, of the podcast. We've done heroes, we've done yeah. with Mark, everyone knows that we've <laughs> done sports, we've done all that, but wrong perceptions of people. I I didn't know Piers Morgan at all, seen him on the TV, heard, seen him on Twitter, and thought, Wow, when I met the guy, what a fantastic bloke! Yeah, really did. So, you know. I'll think of another one, but Piers was, for you me know, to the, meet him, because you hear hearing stuff about
1: him, he was, he was great. Yeah, Reader's Digest used to have a little series, um, the most amazing person I've ever met. So, so, oh, it's not Piers, than, but, but I'll but, come but, to so, my in a minute. Fred, yeah. anybody? Because I, I get the impression you've met a lot of different people. You're not in awe of many of them. is an exception. But is there anybody that you've met and spent time with and thought, you know what, That I'm so glad. Merv That's,
0: Hughes. No way, the Australian bowler. Merv Hughes. Amazing. Big Tash, yeah. big character. Again, I, I think people people love to hate him. He's like a pantomime villain, everyone. Yeah. But then I got to know him when I was in Australia. I spent time in the jungle with him when I did that show. And he's got one of the biggest hearts and one of the nicest people you could ever meet. So uh, this is I'm a Celebrity. Yeah, get Australia. me out of the
1: Australian version. Hughes was in there I with I three you. weeks with him.
0: And he started off <laughs> annoying everyone because he was <laughs> farting and burping and he's just a real <laughs> Aussie larrikin. Yeah. And I knew him, and I knew what he was like, but it was interesting to see the impact he had on everybody else over that. After a while, everyone saw through that and then just saw this bloke who's so generous with his affection, with his time and Mm. curing Merv Hughes. So the final roll call on the dinner party, John
1: Cleese, Elvis Presley, James Bond, the Queen, Tendulkar, Sir Alex Ferguson, Paul McCartney, Stephen Hawking, and Piers Morgan. Final topic... Of the last podcast. The question is, what have the three of us learned by doing this podcast? I've got to say, I think, personally, I've learned quite a lot. You know, when we started doing it, I wasn't sure if it was the right fit. I wasn't sure if I might find it quite embarrassing. I didn't know what kind of questions I'd get asked. Frankly, those first two or three, I felt very much outside my comfort zone. Two things I've massively learned from you two. You've got to be adventurous. You've got to take risks. Freddie, you, you, you in particular, Robbie too for sure, but you've done musicals. Um, You're doing acting. You're a coach of a cricket team. You started your own business. You're constantly reaching out and challenging yourself. And I know you do it. You you seem like a natural, um, and you are very talented at what you do. But what strikes me about you is you do things, you take it seriously, you practice hard, you prepare, and then you deliver. And I think I've learned a lot from you. And if I get an opportunity to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone in the future, I think I'll be prepared to take it in a way that I wouldn't have done at the beginning of this run.
0: Strictly?
2: With the exception of strictly. (laughs) Robbie, what have I learned from this podcast? Well, I think this podcast has given us the platform to have... A period of time where we can get to the bottom of subjects. When in, in the industry we work in, you might get five minutes, but this, these topics have enabled us to show our true colours to help people. I think as well. And I, I, I go back to the um, the um, mental um, health podcast we've done, and there's so many people saying that we've helped them. Yeah. Which for me to help people from a podcast, and for people to you know, um, or tweet me saying, "I had my exams. You got you three got us through my exams," and hmm. you know, for me to. To have a sense of helping people through positivity, um, emotion, um, and people for me, as I said before, a bit of adulation in fir- one of the first time in my life, seeing people actually have taken to me. This podcast has enabled me once again, four or five years later after Strictly, to people to think, "Well, yeah, do you know he's actually all right," and it's really, really helped me as and, and give me confidence again. Mm-hmm. Do you know,
1: that's one other thing I've learned, by the way is that when you're totally open and honest, the public give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, we talk about how negative people can be, but actually there's a lot of... Um, I think there's a lot of positivity out there if you're prepared to be actually open and candid about who you are rather than trying to put on a front or an image. And that's something I think, Robbie, you do brilliantly. You wear your heart on your sleeve, and I think people have responded to that.
0: Well, I I, I think I've some of the daft stuff... I've learned that Robbie Savage used to want a hot. <laughs> 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 I just can't get my head around. <laughs> Captain Sav. Yeah. yeah. He bought a pink Porsche of his first pay check. Uh, which yes. is amazing. That at Blackburn, they put a pair of his skiddy on oh! above the canteen. <laughs> Matthew Said cheating Desmond Douglas. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That he's in awe of david beckham and sir alex ferguson <laughs> to a degree which is quite unhealthy to be honest
2: <laughs> but fred do you know what on this podcast i i think you've opened up where people will see you on the on the tv and they'll see you but i know you as a person quite shy quite insecure but on this podcast you've really opened up and i think it's been a fa- fascinating trait for you to see you really opening up on, on something.
0: Do, do, you know, do you know one of the things I found about it is is that I've, I've really enjoyed it mm. and I'm actually really comfortable in doing it and whatever subject we talk about, whether it's mental health or John Terry wanting a big fan for <laughs> yeah. or wh- whatever it may be, yeah. I feel quite comfortable talking about it mm. and I've realised that I actually know a little bit more and I like sport a little bit more than I thought I did. Yeah, I seem to know a bit more and have opinions on things. Mm -hmm. From listening to Robbie, um, I think there's been certain times in this podcast where I've got a bit frustrated with him Mm -hmm. in the fact that how you play your career down so much when you shouldn't do. With what you achieved as a footballer, for the clubs you played for, I know we all love to have a little snide Mm. gag every now and then. Really, (laughs) You've got your best out of your talent. (laughs) <laughs> From a more serious point of view, I, I thought it was quite a privilege that we shared the things like your father's letter, when you yeah. talk about yeah. the impact it had on you. I think that there are special things that mm. you just can't, you can't recreate. It, the specials that the, yeah. the mental,
2: the mental health podcast, the three mm. of us, you know, as as Freddie says, to, to be in the room with you two and to to speak about my father and Freddie to go th- to tell people what he went through, your own personal things. You know, I think that was such. You know, and it give people people the opportunity to speak out. As we had yeah. so many tweets on it. it, was it was amazing.
0: And with Matthew, sorry Matthew, and with Matthew, I found myself talking. Difficult. I have a conversation with you. We talk about subjects, mm-hmm. and I know you're a bright lad, and you've you've written books and black books and all that. And I hope the sales are going through <laughs> the roof. But you, you find you find, <laughs> you, but you find yourself entering conversations that you might not necessarily do, and you you provoke thought in a way in which I don't really. Oh, you push buttons and then you offer an opinion and then I've offered opinions on things which I never thought I had mm. um, and do you know the one thing which I've really enjoyed seeing Matthew when, when, he, when he came
1: <laughs> the, cl- just, the clothes were rubbish the no, whole way no, through no
0: no no but you're a journalist and you've got you you've done certain things in certain areas and it's all quite regimented or it's all mm. quite controlled mm-hmm. but I think the more we've done this podcast and I think we talk about this for all of us is that you've started to give a lot more away mm. and you've started to talk about things which affect you and things which have influenced you and I found that fascinating and I think that's probably when I look at the podcast and look at the numbers and the charts and all that and wonder why is this so? And I think that's one of the main reasons because I think as it's grown we've become more open we talk about things we talk about the way in which we feel and I think people have identified within themselves between the giggles.
2: Going back to Matthew Fred you know when we discussed this podcast and, and you know John or the boss said who would you like and Fred come up with your name Matthew and I've gotta say, when you know, because for me, growing up, the Times newspaper was like the Times, you've got to be so intelligent to to write for the Times or be in the Times. I thought you'll be too clever, too, you know, too.
0: It's gone downhill though.
2: Aloof. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Too aloof. And I just thought that would I get on with you? But I've got to say that the way you've helped me and encouraged me and now I see he's a friend because I'll phone you up now about different mm. things, and yeah. you know if I if I if I'm bored for a couple of minutes, I think oh, I'll ring Matthew it's because. I, know- got a, I got a minute!
0: <laughs> I got a minute! He was just giving a, yeah. a backhanded compliment. Yeah. If I'm bored yeah. and <laughs> nobody else is answering, yeah, oh, Matthew be there. The I'll, give, I'll give Matthew <laughs> yeah, a yeah. But, for, um,
2: but if, because I think now I trust Matthew, so I will phone Matthew up now for advice. Mm. You know whether this podcast continues or not, we we don't know. Um, but I've just got to say that my relationship with Fred's got stronger and tighter and now is unbelievable. Mm. And in Matthew, I've got a new friend, which I'm, I'm pleased to say.
1: Well, thank you. So I want to finish, with your guys' permission, I'm going to read out some of the reviews on iTunes. And I want to start. This is the 4th <laughs> of March, 2017. I've listened to the three podcasts and loved them. I find myself asking why Robbie works with these two. In my mind, they hold him back. <laughs> Robbie has wings and should be allowed to fly. Not having Flintoff chip in with rubbish when Robbie's in full flow, or Matthew getting in with intellectual stuff when we all know Robbie is the real brains of the show. Great show, but lose the hangers-on, Rob. This was from <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sav well, the listen, Ram. Obviously, I think that might have been... Twisted a little bit by somebody in this room who might have wrote a review because when I said in one of the f- previous podcasts that when our things were going against me, I put a false name on a website and <laughs> said, you, "Well played, you, Rob." Are you?
0: Are you this, you didn't do this. Doing it? No, it, wasn't, it was you. you oh, said, come on, Robbie. To you. but, there, you've all done no, that now, not you? <laughs> <it>? Pathetic, savage, <laughs> pathetic. But but, also, no,
1: you got more. This is Lee Rob 87, 11th of April. Huge fan of Freddy, and have always wrongly disliked Robbie. But this podcast completely turned me around on him. He's not that big a donkey after all. <laughs> <laughs> so I got teeth like one. And then he says the ping pong, the ping pong guy was a perfect choice to moderate these two buffoons. <laughs> I've got to give one. This is the one. Neg- There's a few negative reviews. Good. Not that many. Dominic M. Clifford, boring, dull, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> thanks, Clifford. Final review. And thanks so much for posting them. In Finny seventy three, side is excellent. <laughs> That's the glue that holds everything together. Posing excellent questions, providing an insight into life as an elite athlete, summarising with eloquence. As for Savage and Flintoff, they're pretty good too.
0: Is that you finishing with that one? Is that all like, right? Oh, narcissistic, yeah. I think, the word. <laughs> yeah. It's about Narc- you, Max, you not.
2: <laughs> I could just like to say, i I think you've just said it. Stanley. Yeah. We've given Stanley a bit of stick, haven't
0: we? Yeah. Throughout the podcast. It's nice, isn't it? we, we, we... We get the chance to do this, but Stanley researching, Mike, John Orr, give us a chance to do it. So a big thanks to everyone at BBC Five Live as well. Thank you to all of you in the gallery. Guys,
1: thanks to you so much. And thank you for listening. You can download the podcast for extended versions of all the topics we covered on this week's show at the Five Live website and all the usual podcast places. You'll find all of the podcasts we've recorded through the entire series. You can still use the hashtag FredSavSide to get in touch with us. If you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating, that would be great. But for now... From all of us, goodbye.
0: Flintoff,
2: Savage and the Ping Pong Guy.
0: Thank you for downloading the Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. If you like what you hear, then why not have a look at what else five live podcasts have to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash five (laughs) live.
2: Great podcasts deserve a great platform. That's why PocketCast delivers a beautifully designed, simple, but powerful experience that offers more control. It's the premium app for podcast listening, search, and discovery. And it's now free. Download PocketCast today at pocketcast.com or find us in the Apple app or Google Play Stores.